you will have received a little green sheet, an invitation to a civic reception to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the building at the Outreach Centre. This will also celebrate the 200th anniversary of the George Street Church and the 202nd anniversary of St George's. Now, this invitation, the civic reception came about after the Provost visited the Outreach Centre for Doors Open Day and she saw the plaque giving the date the church building opened. And she was very keen for the council to mark this occasion. And as we all know, COVID has caused so many restrictions right up until early this year. The provost completes her term of office early in May. So a date had to be found which worked around Lent and Easter. So we decided on the 24th of April. On that day, all-age worship will take place at the Outreach Centre at 11am with the reception to follow. We've lived, as I said, through so many restrictions due to COVID and we're really delighted that this will give us a great opportunity to get to know some new friends while relaxing over, now whether you call it afternoon tea or lunch, I don't care, but we'll be able to sit together around tables and share in fellowship which will be just wonderful to be able to do that and to view some memorabilia and photos. And talking of sharing food, the men's breakfast will be held on Saturday the 2nd of April at half past nine. And a ladies breakfast will be held the following week at 9.45, for which tickets are now on sale at five pounds per person. There is a copy of the menu for the ladies and there's a ticky box bit there. Need more information, see Kenny or Stuart or, or, or somebody else. Brent, thank you. Mine just went totally blank. And both of these events, Brent, I'm sorry about that. Where's, oh, he's not here. 
Oh, didn't hear that. Don't want to hear that. Thank you. Uh, so these will take place. But talking of all this hospitality, it reminds me that tea and coffee are served after worship in the main hall. And that also reminds me that because of COVID, when we came back into the church to worship together at St George's, it was only the sanctuary that was available to us. So I'm aware that perhaps if you are new to this building, then you might not know where everything is. So please go exploring and try not to get lost because it's complicated. But to get to the main hall, you go out the door there, you turn right, then you turn left and then right, I think. It's, it's near enough right, I'm told, okay. Now, the more observant of you may have noticed the banners which have been brought down from the outreach centre and which are now hanging in the north transept. They make a wonderful addition to our place of worship. Thank you to all who have made this possible. There are also the intimations that are in the print. The Guild meets tomorrow at 7.30pm, our AGM and also the final meeting of the session. The Community Support Committee are delighted to announce that last Sunday's collection for Ukraine reached the amazing total of £1,444, which I think is just wonderful. It demonstrates the kind and generous hearts of this congregation and it will be increased when gift aid is added. And I think too that the government were promising to match the donations to DEC too. We have a collection today of toiletries, which will be shared between Women's Aid and the Food Bank. And there's also the opportunity, if you wish to donate money, to be shared between these two charities. Easter, a wee bit of advance notice, but not that far advanced. Moira Campbell has put a little bit in about Release International. And today's money for Release International, a charity to which the church is pleased to support, Moira is holding an Easter-themed sale on Palm Sunday after worship. So make sure you've got your purses or your wallets with you that morning, folks. And finally, Lent Bible studies continue as follows on Tuesday night at the Outreach Centre and the following Tuesday in the Cossyside building. Meetings are at 7pm. If you'd like a copy, please email me and my email address is there. And these are all the intimations. Come to the God who loves you. Come to the God in whose presence you are welcome. Come, for God is inviting you to worship. Come, rejoicing, for God is faithful and just. We worship God by standing, if able, to sing hymn number 213 every new morning, hymn number 213.
now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. God, our Father and Mother, we quieten ourselves to be present to ourselves, to you, and to each other. We come as we are, sometimes lost because we choose our way and not yours, because we make an outward show of your way, but without love, and that is not your way. Thank you for your outrageous love, always and forever welcoming us home. On this Mothering Sunday, we open our hearts before you, faithful God, bringing those whom we love and those whom we struggle to love, those we've lost and those we are afraid of losing. We bring our tears and our joy, our disappointments and our hopes. We bring all that we carry and all that we long to lay down. We do this in Jesus' name. God of the prodigal and the elder sons, we are sorry for the times we get lost in our world with no thought for others. Forgive us and help us find our way home. We are sorry when we use our resources selfishly. We are sorry when we doubt your love and our pride prevents us from admitting our mistakes. We are sorry when we resent your generosity towards others and judge their failures more harshly than our own. We are sorry when we hurt those we love and abuse their trust. Forgive us and help us to find our way home. In Jesus' name we pray. Faithful, gracious God, in a world that judges and blames, you forgive and understand. In a world that has no time for failure and mistakes, you forgive and understand. Thank you that your heart is so full of love it can never run out. And hear us now as we pray together in the words Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We turn now to scripture and our readings this morning will be given by Barbara. Morning. The first reading is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 to 21. And this morning I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new come. 
All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though Christ were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. The second reading is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 3 and 11 to 32. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called him, so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has 
him back safe and sound. The older brother came angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Amen. And may God add his blessing to his holy word. We now continue by singing hymn 553, Just As I Am.
Today is the fourth Sunday in Lent, the Sunday we call Mother's Day. Traditionally, this Sunday was known as Mothering Sunday, and it was the time when servants were given a day off or a weekend off to go home to visit their mothers. And on this Sunday, they would visit, they would worship at their mother church, the church in which they'd been brought up. So I thought this morning, as a new congregation, it's perhaps a good time to think of our church roots, especially as invitations have been made to celebrate some anniversaries next month. For as I said in the intimations, this year marks the 60th anniversary of the Glenburn Sanctuary, the 200th anniversary of the George Street Church, and the 202nd anniversary of St George's. But next month, will also mark the first anniversary of this congregation, of this congregation of Paisley St George's. So none of us sitting here this morning can really think of this church, St George's, as our mother church. But let me share with you some thoughts about my mother church. As I've said before, I was brought up in Greenock and I grew up in St Columbus Church. And it was there that I was married. But shortly after this, St Columbus united with the Old West Kirk. And because of the history of the Old West Kirk, that name was retained. And it was the Old West building that was used for worship. Well, the years went by as they do. And in Greenock, as well as in Paisley, more unions took place. So the Old West united in a three-way union to form what was at first called Lyle Community Kirk and then simply Lyle Kirk. But that made me think about what would I do if I were to go back to my mother church? Would I go back to the building in which I had been baptised, in which I had stood at the front and taken my vows to be a member of the church, to commit myself to Christ? The church, the building in which I walked down the aisle to marry Jim. The building which is now a carpet warehouse. Uh-huh. Or would I go to Lyle Kirk, to a building that played absolutely no part in my faith journey? Well, let me tell you where I would go. I would go to Lyle Kirk. And I would go there because that's where the people are. And people are the church. People are the church. It was interesting, for about three or four years ago, not long before I came to Stowbray as locum, I was invited to preach at Lyle Kirk. And it was good to be back in what I would regard as my mother church, amongst familiar faces, albeit some mm, 40 years older. Now, for you folks sitting here, the vast majority of folks sitting here have been through at least one union, as you've come together to form St George's. And let's be honest, unions are not easy. Unions are not easy because they mean change. And yes, we're creatures of habit. We like our familiar, well-loved spaces. We like our way of doing things. We don't always like change, even when we have chosen change. And that is what we as St George's did. The two congregations of Glenburn, and Stowbray chose change. They chose a union. 
And this morning we've heard the story of someone who wanted a change. For in this morning's gospel, we heard what is, for most of us, a very familiar parable, the parable of the prodigal son. This young man wanted change. He didn't want to stay on the farm doing the same jobs day after day. And as we heard, he persuaded his father to give him his inheritance early. And he sold his share of the farm and went off to enjoy himself. And that's exactly what it seems as if he did at first. He had a great time. He travelled around, living the good life, squandering his money and giving no thought to the future. Well, the inevitable happened and his money ran out. And at first he was determined that he didn't want to go back home and admit what he'd done. And I suppose he didn't want to admit just how he'd failed. But then, well, then he realised that the workers on his father's estate had a much better life than he was enjoying at that moment. So he sees sense. He sets off for home, tail between his legs, willing to admit his mistakes, willing to work for his living. And as he arrives home, his father had missed his son so much that he was often to be found on the edge of the farm, scanning the horizon in the hope that one day he would see his son returning along the road. And then this day, that is what he sees. Off in the distance, the solitary figure, the doubt at first, is it him? And then the father's delight when he knows it is his son, his son returning home to his father. We all know this story so well. But remember though, it's not just the younger son and the father. There is a third character, the older brother, who in his mind has done everything right. He stayed behind in the farm, working from dawn to dusk with little time to enjoy himself. And oh boy, is he annoyed at the welcome that his brother receives. The ring, the new clothes, the slaughter of the best cattle, the feasting. All for his wee brother who'd cleared off and wasted all that money. And here he is, the good son, with nothing to show for all his hard work and what he probably saw as his self-sacrifice. So what does the older brother do? He's angry. He takes the huff. He doesn't welcome his brother home. He won't come in to join the celebrations. And we're left with him standing outside as his father explains his actions. I wonder where your sympathies lie. But through the action of the father in the story, Jesus tells us that there was, a right, there was right and wrong in both of the sons. The younger brother was wrong to have gone away and squandered what he had, but he was right to have returned and asked for forgiveness. The older brother, he was right to have stayed and worked hard, but was wrong to be so upset and angry that someone who had been lost had returned home again, ready to admit his mistakes, to say sorry, and to appeal for help from his family. Earlier I spoke of returning to my mother church, to the congregation where I'd grown up, 
and the welcome I received. And that made me think that today, as we near the end of the first year of St George's, I wonder how you are feeling. I wonder how you're feeling. For we've all been on a journey of sorts. A journey made much more difficult because of COVID. A journey where at times we've so often felt we were on our own. And now, well now life seems in some ways to be getting back to normal. The only restriction we're left with the only, is the wearing of masks. And so within this congregation, we can have tea and coffee after worship. We can sit a little closer to one another, if we choose. Bible studies are being held. Our organisations are all meeting once again. So here we are at St George's. And I'd like to ask you this. Are you prepared to come home like the prodigal son, seeking to work hard? Or are you going to stand outside like the older brother, listing the ways in which you feel wronged? For all of us, God has his arms wide open to welcome us, to forgive our mistakes, our bad choices, to forgive our self-righteousness, and to forgive the mistakes that we make because we are human, because we don't always think, and we've all been in that position of not thinking things through. But we also need to remember that because God loves us and we love him, we are God's hands and feet in this world. And we are called to welcome folks in. We are called to reach out to love to other, in love to others. But as I've said before, this church, St George's, is not a building or buildings. This church is the people. And when I was, we, Jim and I had a couple of days away, one night away last week, and we were walking, we were walking up behind Athol Palace, away out at the back of beyond, and we had a wee, a wee guidebook with us, and Jim, being Jim, was following the sketch map, and he said that he knew exactly where we were, as those derelict buildings across the valley were Chapelton. So we speculated about what the name Chapelton meant. Had there once been a church there, or was it maybe on a coffin route? We didn't know. But later, once we were home, Jim told me that there hadn't been inhabited buildings at Chapelton for very long, and that the name Chapelton predated the buildings, for this had been one of the spaces where Covenanters had worshipped, out of doors, in all sorts of weather. Now, I think that most of you would agree that in this country, with rain and cold and wind, we need buildings in which to worship. Okay, in a morning like this, we might think it'd be wonderful to be up the braes or outside, but think of other days. We need buildings in which to worship. And we all know, too, that buildings can cause great difficulties in the church. They're expensive to heat and maintain, and they take up a huge amount of the congregation's energy and time. And when the congregations of Glenburn and Stowbray chose to unite, the decision was made that buildings would be retained at both sites, that worship would in the main be held in this building, but that there would still be worship in what is now called the Outreach Centre. And these are commitments 
that we all made. And these are commitments that are being kept. But let me be clear, this church is not St George's Cossyside. It's not St George's Outreach. This church, St George's, is you and you and you and you. It's made up of people, of individuals whom God has called. And God's grace will always continue to be poured out. Whether we join in celebration or hold back in judgment is down to us. But God, God has his arms wide open, held wide open to welcome us in. And as we seek to serve God, our arms, our arms need to be wide open to welcome friend and stranger. So let's not be like the older brother. Let's be like the prodigal son, willing to admit our mistakes, willing to seek forgiveness and willing to do our best to put things right. Now, this morning when I was in the vestry before worship, I listened to the choir practicing the introit. And I went in and I said to them, who has read my sermon? Because the choir sung for us. And let me just share the words with you. Lord, can this really be? Is this your church, the people that I see, who gather here and worship you with me? And must I love them all, shoulder their loads and answer when they call, forgive their faults and raise them when they fall? Are these the ear, high, eye, hand, your body, Lord, bound firmly in one band and learning to obey your great command? Is this the very place, the school of love, where we would see your face and through your spirit gain enabling grace? Our faith a channel make to bring us grace. Our judging hearts now take and lead us into oneness for your sake. The true church we'll become when all the world see us live as one and know you, Jesus, as the Father's Son. Lord, could this really be? Lord, let it really be. All this we can do through the love of God, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer. Amen. We continue in our worship by singing hymn 461, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds, hymn 461. Thank you. 
choir will now sing the anthem, during which time our offerings will be brought forward. our gifts for Women's Aid and the Food Bank, asking that you would bless all that we offer to share your love with others. Lord God, we thank you for all your teaching, especially we thank you for the storytelling of Jesus. We thank you that even when stories are familiar to us, they still capture our attention and that so often we find something new within the parables. Lord, today we've been hearing of the son who left home and of his father's generous and unconditional love. And so, loving God, thank you that you are ready to welcome us home whenever we wander away. On this Mothering Sunday, as we have heard of the love of a father for his sons, God of our families and friends, we praise you for those who have inspired us, for those who have mothered us, for those who have been patient with us, for those who have nurtured our faith and shown us your love. In the shadow of your wings, we sing for joy. O Lord, restore us and make us new. God of love, for the softening of our hearts and the opening of our arms, for generosity that welcomes the lost, 
for our need of your tenderness to restore our failures, for our churches to be renewed in loving and giving, for the courage to lay down our lives for one another, for the strength to answer your call to serve others, for a new start, we cry to you, bring healing and hope. God of love, for all who carry the scars of conflict, the external and internal signs of pain endured, for the lost and lonely, the displaced and dispossessed, for all whose lives have been broken, for those in our own community who are suffering, for all who wait powerless at the bedside of the ill and the dying, we cry to you, Lord, bring healing and hope. God of love for the needs in our own communities, for families under pressure, for people struggling with rising bills, for people in debt and distress who have nowhere to turn, for all who need to know today they are loved. For all who are bringing up children amidst the pressure of today's world, especially we think of those who seek the help of women's aid and food banks, and for the sacrifices that form the fabric of parenthood, and for children and young people facing a future full of challenges, we cry to you, Lord, bring healing and hope. God of love, for mothers who are apart from their children, for all motherless and lost children, for all of us whose mothers have died, for a parent or parents of a child who has died, and for children without parents, for all who long for children but are unable to have them, for all the struggles of family life, for children far away from home, for unaccompanied children fleeing fighting and for children whose homes are not places of safety and kindness. Lord, we cry to you, bring healing and hope. God of love, for the places in Ukraine that are now our litany of despair, for Mariupol reduced to the ashes of a dead land, for Jernihev, Kharkiv, Kherson, for Odessa, Melitopol and Kyiv, for towns razed to the ground, for communities wiped entirely from the map, for the besieged, the abducted and the starving, for motherless children in a war zone, for the injured and the dying, and for those who weep by their side, we cry to you, Lord, Bring healing and hope. God of love, for the places in the world that are torn apart by conflict, for Myanmar, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan and Yemen, for the hungry and the homeless, for the persecuted and the oppressed, for all who need safety and shelter, for those whose rights are denied, for the places where truth cannot be spoken and where dissenting voices are silenced. Lord, we cry to you, bring healing and hope. 
God of love, for simple pleasures in the midst of challenge and hardship, for lengthening hours of daylight, for people who lift our burdens, wipe away our tears, share our lives and our dreams, and call out our best selves, for your faithful presence with us through darkness and light, and for a deeper experience of your love which shapes us, calls us, rescues us, and will bring us home, we cry to you, Lord, bring healing and hope. In the shadow of your wings we sing for joy. O Lord, restore us and make us new. Make us your church, your hands and feet in this world. We ask all this through Jesus Christ, your Son, who taught us through stories and through actions how to live and love. Amen. We continue in our worship with hymn 182 and as we sing this, the youngsters will come in from Ice Cream Sunday to join us. Hymn 182, now thank we all our God. and girls how good it is to see you how are you doing are you good did you get time to finish your ice cream this morning 
Good, I'm glad, because too often I don't give you enough time, do I? Don't, sometimes don't give you enough time. So, what have you been doing this morning? You've been making cards? Oh, oh this for me? Oh, thank you very much, Hayley. Oh, thank you, Ben. Oh, that's lovely. What a beautiful card. Happy Mother's Day, and it's signed... Love from Haley, Joe, Innes, Ben, Alexander, and Bria. Is that how you pronounce it? Have I got it right? Is it Bria? Oh, good, because I've got a name that's hard to say as well when you see it written down. <laughs> Barry's awfully hard, and Brennan's just as bad. Thank you all so much. This is beautiful. So you've been making cards. Have you just been making Mother's Day cards? Yes. Oh, have you all made different ones? And these lovely flowers made out of tissue paper and a doily. Have you done anything special today? Apart from making flowers and cards. What have you done, Hayley? Gave your mum things. Okay, what about you, Joe? You ate ice cream. <laughs> okay, yep. Uh-huh. In a spot, were you going to say something? No. Ben, were you going to tell me something? No. Alexander, no. Bria, what were you? So you ate your breakfast in bed and watched some things? Oh, good. On YouTube. I wonder how many mummies got their breakfast in bed this morning. Did any of you do that? No. You got it made for you, but you were up. Good. I won't ask who made it. <laughs> Fraser did. Oh, excellent. Tell Fraser well done. I'm impressed. Did Fraser make a good job of making mum's breakfast? Mm hmm. Did you help him? No. No, I know. And that's it. When we're little, we don't always know how to do these things. But we learn as we get older. And we gradually do more and more as we get older. I got a text from one of my daughters this morning saying Happy Mother's Day, so I was pleased with that. It was nice to hear from her. And she didn't wake me up, which I was even more pleased about. <laughs> it's nice to do that. And do you know today, we've got a special job for you folks. We've got a job. There are daffodils over there and at the door. And when we go to church, you're going to go first to the doors and give them to all the ladies as they leave. Will you do that for us? Yeah, I'll I'm not going to tell you which, you can sort it out. I'm not going there as to who's going where. I am not getting involved. And I am sure that the folks at home will be really pleased with these beautiful cards and flowers that you've made. But do you know, is it only today that we should remember our mums? No. No. Yes, you remember your mum. Uh -huh. We remember mums every day because mums do so much for us, don't they? Uh -huh. Yeah. You remember your mum because she loves you. That's right. Mums love us. Our mums love us. And they love us in a way that very few other folk can love us. And that's lovely. So I'm really glad that you've done something nice today. And that you'll give out the daffodils later for me. But, do you know, we love our mums. And our mums love us. But somebody else loves us all. Who's that? God. So we're going to sing. We're going to sing from St George's Praise, hymn number 110, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. Am I right? 
Oh, it's ten. Sorry, when I looked up there, it looks like a one. So it's ten, and it's got the whole, he's got the whole world in his hands. So we'll stand and we'll do the action. So I'm going to put these down, and I'm going to switch my microphone off. And I'll put my mask back on as well. God's blessing. Let's stand. God of outrageous love, thank you that we cannot fall out of your love, no matter our mistakes, no matter how mean and grudging our love is, as you welcome us with ever-open arms, enlarge our hearts and minds to serve faithfully and to love outrageously. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Mm -hmm.